I am white. I am a male. I have white privilege. This weekend, I was out with my partner. We were walking, or actually driving down the street, and we saw a gentleman, his girlfriend, and his child. All three of them were white. All three of them were angry. As we drove by, I initially wanted to stop in the parking lot before, but kept driving. I pulled into the Dollar Tree, walked over to the curb, and started talking to my partner about what it would take to go over there and, and to do that. Her and I waited, and a lady in a blue truck came up and picked up the child and the woman. She took the child and the woman, drove up the road, were gone. The gentleman came walking up the hill, pulled into the family dollar, and I stopped him, asked him how he was. We had a long conversation about his mental health, what he was doing, where he was going, why he was screaming, why she was screaming, if he was okay, and went back and forth about what he needed and what he needed to do next. So I let him use my phone. He called his mother but didn't leave a voicemail. I noticed a wristband on his arm. And him and I started to talk about it, and then he deferred. And I thought it was very interesting because I think it's one of those things that he said, well, you know, I just got out of the penitentiary, and because I just got out of the penitentiary, I don't talk about that type of stuff. And then the wheels started clicking a little bit. All of a sudden, the woman who had dropped off the child and the mother came back and pulled up with a baseball bat. She sat in her car, she got out of the car, she had her bat in her hand, she walked up. I had to convince her that I was not the person who was part of it, um, that I was just talking to the gentleman and I was just a good Samaritan like him. Her and I had this conversation going back and forth. She was very supportive. It was definitely great to see her you know, take charge of, of that part of the situation, take that other person out of the situation. And so the gentleman, when I started talking, and he's like, well, I, I need to go, and I need to go into the store. So he goes into the store. He's in there for about 25 minutes, and the woman and I start talking. And so we start talking about, should we call the police? Because the guy was clearly mentally unstable. He was mentioning a lot of things that were unstable. He was very disheveled. His appearance made it very clear that he was struggling. Um, the hospital wristband was very clean, so it became clear that he may be a danger to other people and or to himself, especially given the kid that was in the situation, even though the kid wasn't with him. So the woman drove up a little bit. I called 
or she called the police. We kind of waited outside a little bit with her, helped describe what, what had happened in the situation to the police officers. The police officers were very, I would say very directive in their response of what was happening. As we were explaining this, uh, my partner and this gentleman were speaking when all of a sudden he pulls a knife out and starts going on about a story about how, you know, if those trucks come by his house and it stabs him. And it really got me thinking at that moment, I had turned my back for 20 seconds. The, the gentleman I believed was going to go inside. She screamed, fortunately, was able to get out of the way. We explained this to the cops. The cops came, um, or the, well, before the cops came, the gentleman came out, right as they were pulling up, I was like, hey, do you have a knife? And knowing that he had had a knife from the prior thing that was already said, and I said, you know, I just want to make sure you don't get in trouble. I don't want there to be anything negative that goes on, anything else. So he pulls up, gives me the knife, the cops pull up, they get out. It was a very calm interaction. They, uh, I hand the cop the knife, they start talking to him, my partner and I go inside the store, and for about 35 to 40 minutes, we start talk, um, they start talking to this gentleman. There was no quick reaction, there was no quick response, there was nothing else that, that happened. Um, the guy's appearance, his demeanor, and everything else, you know, was all over the place, he was carrying a pair of Jordans. Um, you know, his pants were below his legs. He had just been accused of wielding a knife. And I thought it was, you know, in one way, great that the cops responded the way that they did and the calm demeanor that they did without escalating the situation. But it really got me thinking about several parts of this. The first part is the concept of calling the cops when you are white compared to when you are black, especially right now. Would I have done the same thing if the person wasn't white? And should that be a reasonable fear? Should it be something that I should be thinking of? And that's what made me realize. Obviously, you know, being a therapist and having that knowledge, I've always had a sense of there's oppression and there's racial injustice and all of these things are happening. But that moment, that moment of should I call, would I have called the cops if he was of a different race? That is the moment that I realized that even here in Asheville, which is one of the more accepting places in North Carolina, we have a long, long, long way to go. And it made me also think is if this gentleman had been part of a minority and he had not been white, not just African-American, but not white, the concepts of what he was talking about how much of it would have changed? Is he going to hand his knife, knife over to a white person? Um, are we going to have that same conversation of, oh, you call the cops? Is that, is that conversation going to be a strong? And granted, I was the one to call the cops, which I think is why I made it a little bit easier. But the whole concept of just our interaction with that made me realize those questions are exactly why racial injustice 
is a thing. It is exactly why oppression is a thing. It is exactly why minorities are afraid to call the cops. Because there shouldn't be a split second for any person to feel as if the cops come, their life is going to be in danger. It shouldn't be even for the person who's calling the cops in good faith that if I call the cops, something bad may happen. And even more so, it made me think, when the cops came, if that gentleman had been part of a minority, would they have handled that situation as calmly? They let him use his cell phone. They had that long conversation with him. They let him do all of these other things. For what? After he had just been accused of wielding a knife by three people who were witnesses and one person who was the victim. And they stood there and let it happen. And it shows you the difference in the way that America thinks. And not all of America. I would say the difference in how Asheville thinks. But in large part, especially how, as of late, America thinks. And that's why. Because you're constantly wondering if any part of that had been different. If all it took was a skin color for that situation to be different, would I be telling a different story? Would it have created a different environment? Would that woman who rolled up with a bat have got out of the car and started swinging at the guy who was a minority? Would I have walked up and had the conversation? Would my partner have been okay with standing there for an extra couple seconds? Would the cops have came up? There's so many different variables that obviously in any situation you can talk about, but especially right now with police interactions, this was one of the first times that as a white, male, privileged, educated person in a primarily white place in Asheville, North Carolina, I really sat down and thought the privilege, the privilege that I had to be able to not only make that phone call, not only to walk up to him, not only to feel free to walk up to the cops and to ask the questions as my own, as my own person, not only my ability to walk away after all this had happened, but also just for the ability to ask for the knife. Each one of those things, that is privilege. Each one of those things is privilege. It's having to think about each one of those steps. You know, if I reach in my pocket, if I talk to the cops, if I move a certain way, if my pants are down, if I breathe a certain way, or even just your skin color. That is why racism is such a problem right now. It is not because there are a few bad cops. It is because, and strictly because, there is racism. There are preconceived judgments that we make. And this situation is a great example of that because it shows right off the bat how easily a situation can escalate, but how easily if everything is going a certain way, it can escalate. So maybe these cops were just exceptional. Maybe they were great cops and they just knew exactly what to say and exactly what to do. And I do think that in my experience with the Asheville Police Department that almost all of them are really good cops. There are a select few that are terrible, terrible cops, but almost all of them are positive. So I wanna close this podcast by asking you two simple questions. The first one is, think back on your interactions with police officers. Has there been a situation in which you felt you had privilege? 
Or is there a situation where you felt that one wrong move could have been the end of your life? The second one is, how do you know your own privilege when it comes to authority figures? How do you know if you're not privileged? I look forward to our next podcast, and I hope you guys have a great day.